Now this is Pod Racing. Welcome back to Bizarre Podcast Dogs Must Die. We are talking about episodes 9 through 11 of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Diamond is Unbreakable. You know, we're doing three episodes at a time and mm-hmm. we got we're, we got left off in a cliffhanger last time. Uh, a, a, a and two-parter. we're going to leave you the same way. <laughs> uh, yep. It's, if, if I, I checked later episodes and eventually it all lines up for the most part. Last episode, we ended on the cliffhanger of Yukako Yamagishi Falls in Love, part one. So mm-hmm. we're starting off with part two here. Oops, where's where's uh, Koichi? Everyone's real worried. Uh-huh. It starts with Josuke and Okiyasu just calling everyone they can think of, including his family. Nobody knows where he's at. Uh, yep. Uh, so Josuke just intuits with his like detective senses that he has been kidnapped and time is likely running short. Mm-hmm. The, the police aren't involved quite yet because they uh, Koichi's parents are just starting to get concerned enough to call, to call the police. So mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. guess he's been gone less than a day, maybe. I don't know. The phone's going to keep on ringing. As far as I know, there was only one cop in town and he died. <laughs> yeah. You know, OK, Koichi must have been kidnapped. This is a matter of life and death. But who could have done it? And the the camera like whip pans back to this house that Koichi is trapped in. And he's, he's outside of the room he was stuck in uh, mm-hmm. now in, in the hallway outside. And he's really got to piss. He's doing the potty dance, doing it hard. He's doing the potty dance. And Yukako has put a, uh, a combination lock on the bathroom door with a mm-hmm. quiz question on it. <laughs> That will give him the answer. The question is, when did Columbus like uh, uh, discover the new world? So the the combination on the lock is fourteen nine is one four nine two. Yeah, this is literally from a TV show. Oh, is or, it? I mean, okay, it's from two TV shows now, but one of them, the other, is a reality program called The World's Most Smartest Model. <laughs> okay, and so it was a modeling slash smartness competition it was very degrading it was very belittling oh, to, no. to all of the members especially like it's a very international cast why should they all have to know when columbus sailed especially because the key code to the other restroom was 1776 and a, a great deal of them were not united states americans mm. <laughs> when when was this show is this sounds and feels like something in like the mid 2000s 2007 okay yeah 11 episodes on vh1 baby oh yeah vh1 that makes sense that's fucked up i don't like that (laughs) it's it was bad it was very bad oh boy so yeah koichi is is dialing in or trying to dial in the answer and the animation of his p dance just keeps rapidly speeding up he, he keeps thinking that Columbus sailed about 30 years early. Uh, yeah. 20 to 30 years. Yeah. And he he's, you know, about to, like, start turning the last digit on the, the lock, and he just stops because he pisses himself. I mean, plan B is still on the table. Okiyasu is fist pumping right now, and he doesn't know why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Koichi almost gets it because he's trying to remember uh, uh, the movie 1492. <laughs> it, it was two and a half hours long. It starred Gerard Depardieu. It was okay. a little old for a teenager in 1999 to care about it. But maybe, you know, <laughs> yeah. maybe he's really into Ridley Scott. Maybe. The the show hasn't really given us any idea of what Koichi's hobbies may be, but <laughs> maybe he's into old movies. Yeah, yeah. So we get the OP, and it's, again, it's using that, like, EDM remix of the theme song, which is only for this two-parter, if I remember correctly. Still weird. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
uh, Koichi is an embarrassed sad boy for pissing himself, and Yukako knows, and she has done the laundry for him and even cleaned his pissy underwear. <laughs> and Koichi's just like in the background, just sulking. <laughs> he's really sad about it. He's very embarrassed. He's dejected. And, yeah. and Yukako notices and asks, oh, is there something wrong? Is there a problem? Like, yeah, lady, you kidnapped me. That's a problem. It's fucked up. That is not his answer. His answer is about, you know, how how gross he is. And, and uh, uh, it's just, it's not supposed to happen to, to, to a young man his age. Yeah. But it's okay, buddy, buddy. People still like Otacon. You will bounce back. <laughs> it's fine. I th- you know why? I think that made people like Otacon more, honestly. <laughs> How many people would pee their pants if they saw a cyber anime ninja trying to kill them? I would. You know what? I I will commit right here and now. If I ever see a cyborg anime ninja try to kill me, you have my word. All right. Like, same for me. Like, it'll happen. It'll happen if that ever happens to me. Yukako is being a little less insane in this scene. She's kind of calm during this part. And Koichi just asks her, I peed my pants. Why do you like me? Uh, so so she leans in with her eyes glowing with purple flame yeah. uh, as, as she talks about how you know this is a this is a bonding moment they they are now joined closer than ever and she wants to learn everything there is to know about him yeah she she loves that she just cleaned his piss stained underwear like she th- this makes her like him more <laughs> an intimate domestic moment has made her heart swell yeah. She, I believe she said something like, it doesn't matter if it's excretion or mucus, it'll bring us closer together or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> when I was washing your underpants, I felt very happy. In sickness or in health, baby. Let's go. Yeah. After she tells Koichi that, she just like leaves. Oh, wait. No, she doesn't leave. I forgot about this. No. She opens. No, she introduces the next lesson. Yeah. Opens the door and behind it. Oh, was she been doing this whole time? Putting the finishing ch- touches on her electric chair. <laughs> Yeah, she just opens the door and it's almost like it's fucking Price is Right or some game show. Like, what's behind door number two? And it's a fucking ancient looking electric chair that's already powered on and you can see electricity arcing (laughs) off of it. Koichi, I know you're a nice good boy who who doesn't want to, you you know, cause any sort of collateral damage. But once the electric chair is in play, you can break a window. That's allowed. Yeah. Just do it. Yep. And so after she reveals that, she walks out the door and says, like, hey, I'm going to make an Italian dish for dinner tonight. I got to go get some olive oil. And she leaves. And this is when, Mm -hmm. yeah, Koichi immediately turns around and starts banging on the window like, holy shit, this already sucked. I really got to get out of here now. But he's banging out of, you know, frustration the same way you'd bang against a wall. He's Mm -hmm. not trying to break it. (laughs) Yeah. He, you know, he's he's trying to think of how to get out of here, and the camera pulls out so we see more of the area around this house he's in, and it's near uh, a beach. It's kind of high up on like this cliff face, mm-hmm. and it the hill goes down to like the shore. It is a seaside vacation home, after yeah. all. Uh, but then we we cut over to uh, the boys huddling around their Morio street map. <laughs> yeah, while Okuyasu is like snacking on shit. <laughs> I love that they're trying to find their friend who's been kidnapped. But you still got it. It looks like he's eating something similar to Dunkaroos. He's dipping something in like a frosting. You, you can't be doing detective work on an empty stomach. Oh, I'm sorry. It actually looks like it's not like a little snack you dip. It's a tiny little spoon, but it just looks like he's eating a can of frosting. <laughs> which does sound like an okuyasu thing he's having a little yo play fruit on the bottom that's all <laughs> okay 
yeah, they're they're trying to figure out where Koichi could possibly be. And the transition back to Koichi is just Koichi's head lifts up from the bottom and covers the whole frame. And now we're back mm-hmm. in the house. So the little wheels in his uh, head start to turn. The, he exercises the little gray cells to figure <laughs> out like, wait a minute, she can't be going to the store. She wouldn't risk leaving me. Okay, so she's not going to leave the the premises so that must mean she's doing something like grocery delivery which means she's got to call a grocery store but the phone lines in the house are cut so she must be going to a nearby payphone Uh Mm -hmm. and if the nearby payphone is near enough i can use echoes to also call (laughs) yeah and so you, you see echoes shoot out of the, the top of the house. He starts surveying the area. And yeah, there's a payphone. Just It's 48 meters away and his, his maximum range is 50. So it's just barely mm-hmm. in range. So echoes picks up the, the handset and then realizes he doesn't have a dime. He cannot pay <laughs> yeah. the payphone. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. And he's like, oh, shit. Should I call like, oh, 110 is the, the Japanese equivalent. Okay, if I call 110, the cops will come, but then Yukako might kill the cops. And <laughs> so he's getting worried and he's got his back to the window. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And while he's panicking about this, Yukako just appears behind him outside. No time to think it through because she's right there again ah! every time. <laughs> And yeah, she's just like, you're thinking of using the payphone, aren't you? I told you I was going to buy olive oil, but that was a fucking trick. I wanted to see what you would do. <laughs> and yeah, she she puts everything together, including like, oh, he doesn't have 10 yen and all this stuff. Although, she, you know, she doesn't know he's trying to do this with a stand. She just thinks he has this idea he's going to do himself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But obviously he, he doesn't have the cash because he's in stolen pajamas because he ruined his own pajamas. There's... <laughs> He has no money. Yeah. Uh, And Yukako asks him, well, right before she leaves, to actually use the payphone to order groceries. She's just like, oh, do you want anything else from the store? He's just like, no. (laughs) So she walks down, down the block to the corner to the payphone. And as she picks up the receiver, there's suddenly a beep, boop, beep. Yeah. Before she even pushes the buttons, because Koichi is a phone freaker. Yeah, he phone freaks with the stand. He, <laughs> That's one of his hobbies. He he used echoes to touch her arm to put the beep boop beep sound effect. Mm-hmm, and it mm-hmm. is the, the, the beep boop beeps needed to phone freak to call uh, Josuke's house. <laughs> Josuke picks up and immediately thinks, this must be for my buddy who's in trouble. Uh, and, and starts listening to the, the environment because uh, Yukiko is immediately like, what is this bullshit? I have no idea what just happened, but it seems <laughs> this ain't the grocery store. I got to hang up real quick. Yeah. And so the, Josuke only gets a couple seconds to listen to the phone call before it gets hung up. But he does hear uh, the ocean. He can hear waves crashing up against something. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that plus uh, Josuke's a very good knowledge of where payphones exist in Morio. <laughs> I mean, it, I guess it's the 90s and you don't got cell phones or at least they're not, you know, widespread yet i think morio is small but sometimes it feels gigantic uh mm-hmm. so maybe he could actually narrow it down to where would a payphone be that where you can also hear ocean waves because he figures the precise point right away well the neighborhood the neighborhood yeah he's definitely hanging out in those swanky uh, uh in the vacation home subdivision yeah 
meanwhile, Yukiko's uh, uh, own thoughts are churning because as a stain user, she doesn't just hear the beep boop beeps. She can see the, the beep boop graffiti on her arm yeah. and, and knows that Koichi has some manner of superpowers. So, you know, she's just thinking like, oh, you got a power. I got a power. We're soulmates. Now shower with this cheese grater for some reason because I love you or, or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So she's marching back up to the house and she's going to she tries to open the uh, the front door and she can't because mm-hmm. Koichi has barricaded it with the electric chair and a dresser. That dresser looks big and made out of wood. He is a strong little guy. <laughs> He's a strong little guy that also is a little bit of Kevin McAllister, because when she tries to grab the door handle, the electric chair shocks her. <laughs> right, Because yeah. he's, he's unwound the, the electric leads in order to, to make that sort of booby trap. Yeah. Also, the, the screen transition here is a Yukiko wipe. The, the wipe follows her walking across the screen from uh, right. from the map to her march back up the hill. It's very yeah. good. So yeah, right before she touches the the door handle and gets shocked, you know, she's just so overjoyed about Koichi having some type of power like her. Mm-hmm. You know, she she touches the the knob, gets uh, shocked a little bit, and now she's super pissed. She turns around briefly because she hears something, and it's Echoes who is holding the Japanese characters for "I hate you," and it looks adorable. <laughs> yeah, it's like big bubble letters. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> So Echoes tosses it at her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it sticks to her, and she just keeps hearing Koichi screaming, I hate you, over and over again in her head. Trying to do the same hypnotic effect that uh, he did to his mother a few episodes earlier. Yeah. And so Furious 7 leaves us with the, the uh, uh, thesis <laughs> that you cannot tell someone they love you. And this is the exact opposite. <laughs> you cannot tell someone that they don't love you. Because at first, Yukako is kind of reeling, like putting her hands up to her head, like, ah, this is so loud and stuff. Uh, but she calms down and just looks straight at the camera, uh, like stone faced. And she's like, this it, just shit ain't going to work on me. And the I hate you characters peel off her face like a sticker. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's very good. So she has another monologue from, from out on the porch that like... Hey, you're going to love me or else I might murder you. Yes. You, you're yeah. just now getting to this point. What was the electric chair for? Is that <laughs> feng shui? What do you mean now you might murder him? Yeah, she starts telling this monologue as her hair has, through cracks in the door and, and other stuff, been able to get inside the house and has grabbed Koichi by the scalp and yanks him back so hard, he goes flying into a china cabinet, which... <laughs> fucks him up and he's like bleeding all over now and this is the worst possible moment for echoes to get real sleepy yes yeah as it's just a little baby stand he just hatched like a week ago yeah like yukako has been able to crack open the door a little bit now so she's peering through that that crack and her hair is like coming out in big tendrils wrapping around the door yeah echoes is he looks crispy mm-hmm, he, he's mm-hmm. gotten all brown and shriveled up and he's like curled up in a little ball it you know kind of cocoon like maybe yeah yeah koichi is freaking out like oh my god my stand died this is the worst <laughs> thing to happen right now stands are a representation of like your fighting spirit and and your soul's you know will and apparently my soul is shitty and dead oh fuck oh fuck this is bad <laughs> Yeah, and Yukako sees this thing, too, and she's like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> she hears Koichi call it a stand, and she's just like, what the fuck is a stand? That thing? Your superpower is a little guy? Your little guy's fucked up. Uh. He sucks. And so she's trying, 
like extra hard to get to open the door all the way now. So her hair is wrapping around the the big wooden dresser to yank it out of the way. And mm-hmm. as she's doing this, she notices Koichi hasn't noticed it because Echoes is behind him. That the like cocoon it's turned into is starting to smoke and steam up, and then it starts cracking and splitting open. He never notices yeah. two for two when his stand is hatching. <laughs> yeah. Yukako is able to fling all the stuff barricading the door out of the way with her hair. When she walks in, she just points at the the empty like husk that used to be Echoes that's like steaming now. And she's like, where the fuck did it go? What's that? <laughs> A good uh, uh, relationship is all about communication. He She deserves <laughs> to know. He ought to tell her. Yeah. But instead of Echoes, we have what is now called Echoes Act 2, the the metamorphosis, the evolution (laughs) of Echoes. And this is a Zoc. That is what Echoes has turned into. Yes. Yes, it is. The MSM-10 Zoc. It's a fucking aquatic-ass Xeon mobile suit of a stand. (laughs) Yeah. He's actually, like, a little smaller than Echo's Act 1. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. yeah, he, he's a little more humanoid now. He's got the little heart knee pads like Dio did for some reason. And full legs. And full legs, yeah. Uh, he stands upright now. But, yeah, he looks like a little a little mobile suit of some sort, for sure. <laughs> yeah, we immediately start seeing uh, a change in its powers. Because this time, Echoes wants to show off. Like, Echoes wants yeah. Koichi to know what he can do instead of, like, eventually figuring it out. So as soon as uh, Yukiko, like, busts in and stands up inside the door, you know, face to face, she's immediately blown backward by a powerful, mighty wind. Yeah, and Echoes itself is, like, super fast now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it, like, it just teleports from the corner of the room to behind Koichi, like, instantly. Yeah, y- Yukako goes flying from this gust of wind, and Koichi notices that on the door that she was, you know, standing right by, there's another onomatopoeia stuck to it that's, like, whoosh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he touches it, and when he touches the, the sound effect, that gust of wind comes out again. So now his onomatopoeias are like touch activated with the trade-off of that they're way more powerful now yeah instead of being able to create the sound that the word is they're able to create the reality that makes the sound that the word is yeah and you see like the way the sound effects are made now is a little different too because you see echoes act to like grab the words off the door and it Mm -hmm. pulls it off and turns it into like a 3d sphere which it then like massages back into the tip of its tail which almost kind of looks like a pen nib now yeah yeah it looks like a a pen nib or the thing above a sim's head (laughs) yeah the plumb bob yeah so yeah the sound effect is made out of it's like the tip of its tail now that it can detach Mm -hmm. and they live in the tail it it comes out of the tail it goes into the tail it's just He's got word storage in there. <laughs> There's a whole dictionary in that tale. <laughs> she doesn't get hurt by this. She just got blown really far away. So she's, you know, much farther outside in the yard now. She's getting super pissed off. She starts talking out loud, establishing that, like, Koichi, you brought my eye twitch back. <laughs> this, is mm-hmm. a, this is a tick I've had since I was a little kid where when I get real pissed off, I can't stop my eye from twitching. I mean, that sounds like a you problem uh, because Koichi's too busy 
Every time he gets a new stand, he gets a new hairstyle. This is tradition. Yep. He is getting rid of uh, Yukiko's stand's influence in his scalp by giving himself a haircut. And now he has uh, his own version of the Jojo flat top. <laughs> yeah. But instead of straight up, like like many of its previous wearers uh, uh, have been, he's got sort of a... a it's an angle, like he, yeah, like you could nestle uh, uh, basketballs in his head. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's be he's got some tude. He's folding his arms. He's telling Yukako, like, "Hey, I'm not going to take this shit anymore." And Yukako is just like, "Okay, well, I'm going to have to put put you in your place, Mister." Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. she takes a step up the porch touches the railing and burns the shit out of her hand because Echo's Act 2 has put sound effects on there that's just like sizzle. He's he's a little trap master is what he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yukako just like full force shoots out all of her hair like in a way we haven't seen before because there's just massive tendrils like crashing through every part of the house and is about to mm-hmm. pull the entire house down. Um, and when she does that, Echoes throws its tail tip again, but completely like whiffs it, just like misses Yukako entirely. Uh, but th- there's a lot of fun stuff in in this exchange. Like uh, he says that now, now that they've seen one another's souls <laughs> th- through their stands, uh, uh, that Yukako has a dark and vindictive soul. Mm-hmm. When, when Yukako is talking to Koichi... She even says, like, hey, I already figured out how your stand works. You know, I knocked that onomatopoeia out of the way. You can't do anything to defend yourself now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she she wraps him up, uh, and he's, like, suspended midair, just wrapped up in her hair. And that's when the bang happens. <laughs> well, at least they got to bang. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, she, she's busted in, tied him up in, entirely, mm-hmm. with uh, activated the big bang on his back. The big back bang and been <laughs> flung away uh, uh, in what appears like final defeat as uh, her hair has gone shock white. Yeah. And now Koichi victorious thinks to himself, she might be a deranged, love obsessed, matted mess of a she devil. <laughs> but I guess she should be happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like he uses echoes to float over towards her and like check for a heartbeat. And he's just like, mm-hmm, oh. Mm-hmm. I'm glad she's still alive. Like, I don't want to kill her. (laughs) Then Yukako wakes up and her hair shoots out and wraps up Echoes real tight. And Koichi starts coughing up blood. (laughs) And then uh, another another great line from Yukako. uh, I'm going to rip out your insides and feed them to you as you choke on my merciless love. Yes. Yeah. Isn't there something around here, too, where she talks about his shitty little dick or something? (laughs) (laughs) I could have sworn she insults koichi's dick or something that's not very nice that's not nice at all (laughs) i mean neither is tearing out somebody's insides none of this is very nice yeah koichi tries to defend himself and the the tip of echoes tail is knocked into the sea and but he pleads with her said hey hey let let me go because the ground here is unstable there's going to be a rock slide i think and Mm -hmm. you could fall into the ocean that would be very very bad and she's like i'm not i'm not buying this shit you lying little sneaky cheat i know your traps are psychological now ha i i shall see through this yeah but guess what it wasn't a trap it was true yep yeah the the cliff face like collapses and she goes falling down to the ocean below which has a whole lot of you know really sharp pointy ass rocks and she is about to fall on the biggest one 
the sharpest, mm-hmm. biggest, the biggest one. pointiest, sharpest one, because she can't let go of Koichi to grab onto something else with her hair and, yeah. and uh, uh, move to safety. Uh, she is so uh, obsessed and possessive that she would die, mm-hmm. except this is the part where they boing. <laughs> yeah, the tip of Echoes' tail when it got knocked off. That was the plan because the the uh, tip then landed on the rocks, the pointy rocks below, and wrote mm-hmm. sprawling. So when she comes into contact with it, they're really springy and squishy. And so she just lands on it. It gets all compressed and then it just sprawls her back up onto the, the cliff face and she's fine. <laughs> this is about the time when uh, uh, Josuke and Oyakasu find them. They've been in the neighborhood for a while trying to like yep. go door to door. There have been like plan B's where Koichi's trying to like mess up the house. So it's clearly obvious this is the house where a fight's happening and he gets prevented from doing that. Yeah. But that hasn't been important because Koichi, in the end, takes care of all this by himself. Yeah, like there, there is a bit where they figure out which house it is, and it's just Okuyasu and Josuke looking at the house that's glowing purple and covered in evil hair, and they're like, "Oh, that's got to be the one." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, they they just find Koichi after the fight's over, and they're just like, "Are you okay? <laughs> you all right, little guy?" And it's fine, it's fine. As they walk away, Yukiko thinks to herself and has a bit of a a moment of growth, of development. A little bit. Because she is still desperately uh, and madly in in love and obsessed with Koichi, but it is more for the man that he is, that he has proven himself to be, than this uh, idealized, you know, potential that Mm -hmm. she imagines he could be. And you know what? We're going to call that a win. We're going to say that's a step forward. Yeah, that's that's a little step step forward everyone immediately hightails it away from the (laughs) mad woman regardless yeah it's still probably pretty unhealthy behavior but it's a little less unhealthy (laughs) and as they're leaving the the camera pulls out and we see uh two guys on a a sailboat in the water they're like did you see that shit because they saw yukako fall fall on that rock and then sprawling right back up one of them cries out quote well i'll be a seagull's beak (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's some great sailor talk right I, there i believe that is the one that is drinking a shitload and is super drunk <laughs> so the narrator tells us about the the legend of boing boing cape yes an urban legend begun by a pair of two sailors who, who talk about this tragic tale of a overwhelmed young woman trying trying to end it all only to be rescued by very boingy springy rocks <laughs> yeah so this is the second time the adventures of Jojo and friends has created an urban legend in the town. And I believe this is an ongoing thing that happens at least a couple more times. <laughs> Keep Morio weird. Yeah, totally. It's not like it needs the help. It's very weird. Yeah. The, the camera pans up to the sky and we transition to the next day and Koichi's at school and hey, he's his grades are good again. He got a hundred. Perfect score on that test. Yep. Yeah, Ko- Koichi is, is thinking to himself, like, man, feelings are so complicated. And that's the end of the episode. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yukiko's stand is never named in these episodes. Yeah. So let's just talk about it now. It is called Love Deluxe, named for the 1992 Sade album. Right. Sade, of course, uh, king of the slow jams. Uh, uh, <laughs> if you were having sex in 1992, it sounded like Love Deluxe. <laughs> yeah, it sounds about right. 
All right, folks, you've been waiting for it. Here yep. comes episode 10. Let's go eat some Italian food. Oh, that's just the episode title. When you first see it, it's like, okay, I got, I, we have to be in for a good one, right? <laughs> when it's called, when it's called that. So, uh, our, our cold open is just, we're, we're shrouded in darkness, listening to knives being sharpened. And this, this dark, shadowy figure uh, slams a carving knife into some meat and, like, guts ooze out. And this this is meal prep as presented in a pita ad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As evil as could possibly be, like, a moonlit night <laughs> chopping up this meat with organs spilling out. Meanwhile, Josuke and Oyukasu are, are planning out their day together, a day that includes visiting Keicho's grave. Yes. But... A long day of paying your respects does make one hungry, so uh, they're going to check out the new Italian place that, that went up right near the graveyard. <laughs> the spookiest Italian place. Josuke thinks that restaurants don't belong near cemeteries, which makes no sense to me because every funeral includes a luncheon. Like, mm-hmm. death and eating are tightly bound. Yeah, but yeah, o- Okuyasu is extremely into the idea of this new Italian place. He is mimicking what he believes people must say when they go to this new place, which is to drool and shake and sweat profusely and vibrate. And so he, he's just begging Josuke, like, please, let's go. I Let's get some fucking Italian. He's like, okay. The only food left in his house is little cups of yogurt. <laughs> Yeah, he's starving. Keicho did all the shopping. Yeah, Okuyasu's a growing boy. He needs more than Gogurt. <laughs> so so they come upon a Trattoria Tussardi, uh, which is a quaint dining room, you might say. It's very cozy. Yeah. It seats like eight people. It's so small in yeah. there. Yeah, the, this place looks like a little family-based restaurant that was built 80 years ago, except it was just built. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the family like lives above in the second yes. story that's like vinyl siding because the the first floor is all brick yeah yep. yeah it's, it, it's one of those style of places and they're very confused at all these uh, uh signs about how like meals are, are made to order or, or everything is personalized they get inside and there's yeah. there's no menu which is strange and they're greeted not by waitstaff but by the chef himself captain america in chef gear <laughs> Yeah, this guy's name is Tonio. Tonio Trendy in the, the English, but uh, Tonio Trussardi, right. named for uh, the Trussardi uh, fashion house of Milan. Right. Yeah, I, I believe this is the first character in JoJo that's named after fashion stuff, but this will be a thing that comes up more frequently mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the further we go, go into this part, and especially part five. But yeah, Tonio is here, you know, actual Italian man who is who has moved to Japan. But just like an impossibly handsome, picture-perfect, clean-cut, yeah white blonde european man yes clearly ripped as hell underneath that chef's smock oh yeah and he this is a guy who is always smiling like with his eyes closed he's that type of guy (laughs) (laughs) yeah after he you know he pulls out the chairs he sits them down he he's kind of given them a a short version of his whole life story you know he's traveled all over the world he's sampled all these different cuisines um he wants to improve italian cuisine and so when he came to japan he decided oh what if i try to do what if i try to infuse italian food with some Japanese flavor. And he really enjoys Morio for, for the seafood, for the, the nearby farms. He's doing yeah. the whole farm-to-table thing. Japanese-Italian fusion. I haven't tried it, but 
in the place I live in, there is a Japanese-Italian fusion restaurant. Mm. I've always been meaning to try it, partially because of this episode. I'm like, could this work? This episode would make me a little wary, but uh, <laughs> there, there are some extenuating circumstances. Yeah. But, but basically, the idea is, you know, this is the first time we've had a, a JoJo part that doesn't travel. So instead, mm-hmm. the world has to come to JoJo. Yeah. I mean, even if part one was just a couple different spots in England, they they did go on a carriage ride. <laughs> yeah. Josuke is kind of skeptical of the, the Italian food, but Okuyasu is fucking into it. And he's just like, mm-hmm, hey, I mm-hmm. want the menu. And Tonio's just like, there's no menu, man. Okuyasu immediately gets like belligerent. Like, what the fuck do you mean? <laughs> there's no menu. I said, show us the menu. Customer's always right. Customer wants a menu. Come on, cough it up, big man. What's your problem? And so Tonio explains that's not how it works here. Uh, Tonio takes a look at each individual customer and makes mm-hmm. dishes for them accordingly. So that's why this dining room is so small. Every meal requires a personal consultation. Yeah. There's no way he can work in volume. Yeah. So Okiasu like stands up and, and like raises a hand at him. Just like, I don't, what the fuck is this bullshit? And Tonya looks at Okiasu's hand and he goes, oh, you had diarrhea last night, didn't you? If someone can tell from your hand that you had diarrhea <laughs> last night, you got to wash those better. You, you got to. That's fucked up. Yeah. I'm, I'm, ugh. Ugh, Okuyasu, you gotta wash your nails, too, like... But that's not where it ends. He continues just gazing at Okuyasu's uh, uh, palms, first one, then the other, uh, finds that, yes, he's had uh, intestinal distress and also lost a lot of sleep. He's mm-hmm. got foot fungus. Uh, he's got a, a, a stiff shoulder. He diagnoses all of these things just yeah. from looking at his hands. Oh, yeah, two cavities as, as well. Yes, yes. <laughs> And Okuyasu is just like, how the fuck did you know all that? That's everything is correct. Josuke is skeptical every time he's offered to, to like, do you want to eat? No, I don't want to eat. Do you want me to look at your hands? No, I don't want to. Look. No, thank you. Yeah, no, thanks. Uh, yeah, all Josuke wants is a coffee. Mm-hmm. But before Tonio leaves to get the coffee, he pours them both a glass of water. And then when he leaves, Josuke is just like, hey, man, I am not into this whole like healthy food thing. If this food is bullshit, we can just leave without paying. He has similar beliefs about paying in restaurants to his nephew. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. After they both agree that if the food sucks, they'll just complain and leave. Okuyasu takes a little sip of this, this glass of water and he goes like, whoa, whoa, holy shit. Josuke, you got to try the water. It's so good. The thing you have to realize is Okiyasu has never drank water before. It's just been all high sea his whole life. <laughs> yeah. Ecto Cooler has yet to be discontinued, so I think he might be living off of that. <laughs> but yeah, he starts dis- de- describing how good this water is. It's Is it like mineral water? He doesn't know. It's it's The water is so elegant. He takes another sip and it's just like, quote, it's overwhelming with sophistication. It's something a mountain princess playing the harp would drink as she strums <laughs> a beautiful melody. <laughs> yeah. Presumably and- through a straw, harps are a two-handed instrument. Yeah, and as as he's describing this, like you you got like a, a cut down the middle, like two different shots. You got Okuyasu who is losing his mind, and then you got mm-hmm. a close-up of the glass of water, and the picture he is painting is being reflected in the glass of water. It's very good. It's very good. This water is so good it makes you cry. 
Yeah, Josuke takes a sip and he's like, wow, this water is pretty good. Okuyasu just like chugs. He just chugs the water. And he keeps crying because it keeps being so good. He keeps he keeps crying. Oh my God, he's still crying. Much like Hideo Kojima in allergy season, the tears <laughs> will not stop falling. And this, this isn't a normal amount of tears. This is just like a shit ton of water just gushing and <laughs> J- josuke just like whoa are you okay that's a lot of tears and then the the tears kick up another notch just massive like almost viscous looking amounts of water and his eyeballs deflate yeah the 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 water is so forcefully ejecting from his tear ducts that his eyes in a super disgusting highly detailed close-up shot his eyes shrivel up mm-hmm. they collapse it's so fucking gross. <laughs> yeah, maybe you shouldn't have to pay. This seems bad. And this is where Tonio comes out. He's holding a plate of salad. And he says, oh, don't panic. The shriveling of his eyes is only temporary. <laughs> that that water that they're drinking is from the, uh, the very peak of Mount Kilimanjaro. It's from ice that melted 50,000 years ago. It is an insomnia cure. It, it restores all of the, the lost vitality that uh, Okiasu didn't get from, from his rough sleep lately. Yeah, Josuke is like standing up about to like punch Tony or something. But Okuyasu is like, hey, Josuke, I feel great. And his eyes are normal again. He's so fresh and clean. Yeah, he, he feels wonderful. <laughs> his sleep, he, he feels like he's gotten the, the, a perfect eight hours of sleep. He says that he hasn't cried that much since the last time he watched The Champ on video. <laughs> right. S- starts doing a bunch of boxing moves. Like, this seems like it could be a Rocky reference changed in localization. But no, The Champ is a real Zeffirelli film from 1979 that oh, wow. one might cry at. Wow, okay. Again, I don't know why Okiyasu is watching <laughs> this 20-year-old movie from his perspective. Uh, it is literally the only movie in the entire Spooky Mansion. It was from the previous owners. <laughs> but it's basically the wrestler, but with boxing uh, for, for generally like what the plot is about. Okay. All right. Uh, let's not worry about how much he cried uh, over his various, say, uh, family tragedies. <laughs> uh, we're we're going to skip over that one. Yeah. Just, just talk about the movie and the water. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so, yeah, Okiyasu's fine. He's, like, really peppy now. And so he sits back mm-hmm, down, mm-hmm. and Josuke, he's still on edge, but he's like, oh, okay, maybe it was that was just really good water, I guess. <laughs> so it's time for the next course, the salad course, and uh, Tonio has brought out a caprese salad, you know, mm-hmm. alternating slices of uh, tomato and fresh mozzarella drizzled in oil. Classic, classic Italian food shit. Yep. And it comes out with uh, a whole lot of tomatoes text on screen i don't know if that's a recipe i don't know if that's nutrition information or like food history explaining what caprese salad is to the audience i really wish that stuff had been translated because okiyasu needs an explainer he does not know what mozzarella is yeah he has no fucking clue he pronounces it mozaza (laughs) yeah mozaza and so yeah tony has got to fucking explain to him what the hell mats is everyone in italy loves it Mm -hmm, italians mm -hmm. were also the first to use tomatoes in their cooking did you know that okiyasu get this colonial ass bullshit out of my face no they weren't (laughs) the aztec people and their uh uh, forebears uh uh, domesticated domesticated the tomato two thousand years before european 
in contact. Oh, Fuck you. I didn't know that. You can't call a new world vegetable, you know, something that the Italians uh, uh, cooked with first. You just can't. <laughs> Damn you and your Italian pride, Tonio. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he tells Okuyasu, you know, just just try it out. You got to it's, it's good. And so Okuyasu just takes a little slice off of one mozzarella, you know, and, and chews it. And it's just like, yeah, it's it's not bad. It's it's pretty good, but I don't know. It doesn't have a whole lot of flavor or anything. And Tonio's like, no, 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 no. You're supposed to eat it with a tomato, dumbass. Like, both. <laughs> you put both in there in your mouth at the same time. And he's like, oh, okay, seems weird. But uh, whenever I, I uh, microwave my kids' cuisine, everything is in <laughs> its separate little compartments. But if you insist... <laughs> So, so yeah, he pops in a bite with both halves of the salad drizzled in the oil and, and the herbs. And again, it's the greatest thing he's ever had. He starts describing it in like these, uh, he starts giving tasting notes and <laughs> yeah. metaphors. And please, you'll have to excuse my friend. He just watched Ratatouille. He's very excited. <laughs> he says the two flavors combining is like a symphony or something like a Simon and Garfunkel duet. Yeah. <laughs> That's how good this salad is. It's like Sarbid and Garfunkel. The first time Okiyasu ever saw a boob, it was in The Graduate. <laughs> yep, yep. He also says it's something like Ochan and Nanchan, which I think is like some type of Japanese comedy duet or, or music duet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or it's like Ashita, <clears throat> Ashita no Joe, <laughs> drawn by Tetsuya Chiba. <laughs> Yeah, the yeah. the fucking the the bo- is that the boxing yes, uh, yes. manga yes yep uh the the reason every uh, uh hot blooded anime boy points to the sky yes yep so so this means that every student character has now made a manga reference but <laughs> Josuke yeah he's too busy playing his N sixty four to read manga I think read a book JoJo get with the program. <laughs> And so now that Okuyasu is, you know, standing up out of his chair, screaming to the heavens at how good this caprese salad is, uh, Josuke uh, has grabbed his fork and knife and he's just like, yo, can I have a bite of that? I want to try some. And Okuyasu's like, fuck off. This is my salad. No. <laughs> it's like taking it off the table and, and raising it to the sky so that Josuke can't reach it, saying like, y- you cannot get any of the salad. Even if you were about to starve to death, I would give you none of the salad. It's so good. But then he becomes very itchy. He's he's an itchy, itchy boy. Yeah. And as he starts scratching at, you know, his shoulder, where his shoulder meets his neck, he's gouging deep, deep grooves and just huge, sloughed, uh, raggedy-edged sheets of skin yeah. are coming off. And it fills this dining room like a snow globe, a snow globe <laughs> of skin. Josuke starts balling up the skin and it forms like a, a large softball. <laughs> Yeah, softball worth of Okuyasu's skin that he's just peeling off of his body. And, like, the direction of the scene is just, like, pure insanity because the the music is just going nuts. Okuyasu is, like, feverishly at mock speed tearing away at the skin. Tonio is, like, warning Josuke, like, you can't eat that salad because you don't have a stiff shoulder. It's for Mm -hmm. the guy with the stiff shoulder. And, like, Okuyasu is digging so hard into his shoulder now that uh, he's, like, exposing the muscle underneath his skin. (laughs) See, the caprese salad has supercharged uh, Okuyasu's blood flow and and metabolism to to promote new growth at such a speed that, essentially, the muscles and skin of his stiff shoulder and neck have been 
uh, entirely rejuvenated and replaced by brand new growth that is limber and supple. And in order to do that, all the old has to be expelled <laughs> yeah. all at once. The fact that your symptoms are compounding and getting much, much worse means that the healing has begun. Yes. This is what naturopaths actually believe. <laughs> yeah. And every time uh, Tonio is explaining what this food is doing, you keep getting more and more like very evil, creepy close-ups of his face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> everything keeps go- going to shadow anytime tonio starts talking about how- the mechanics of his food but yeah after okuyasu's like you know scraping away at skin and muscle all of a sudden hey his he's completely fine he's super limber he can like you know raise one arm and lower one arm and make his hands touch behind his back he's so flexible now he can turn his body into the cool s yes yeah and so Tonio's just like, well, I, I'm happy that you enjoyed the salad. And he, he picks up the salad plate, which now is just housing the the gigantic ball of skin that Okuyasu scraped off. What's he going to do with that skin ball? I don't like What are you like going to do with the skin this, ball? This, no, no. Uh-uh. And so he, he takes that plate back uh, into the kitchen where he, he is going to prepare the next course of the meal. Uh, and Josuke is super suspicious of this guy now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So our mid-episode title card, they aren't all stands. Sometimes they are Morio landmarks. Yes, yeah. This one is for, of course, Trattoria Trisardi. I-, I wish you could read all that, that Japanese text. I wish they uh, translated that. So back in the episode, it is time for the Primo Pato, the pasta course. And so he brings out Spaghetti Puttanesca. Yeah. The translation is treated differently between the sub and the tub. The, yeah, the sub is harlot spaghetti. In the English dub... Horror pasta. Excuse me? Yeah. <laughs> this is apparently a, a dish that was originally made by uh, like sex workers and, and other hardworking women that, hey, it's mm-hmm. really fucking good. Just somehow found the meeting point between uh, uh, affordable ingredients... Uh, relatively simple to make and tasty as hell. Yeah. The, the impossible thing in high cuisine. They figured it out. Good job. Yep. I mean, that is like literally what Putanesca, you know, translates to. <laughs> but yeah. co- come on, there's a reason we call it Putanesca. Yeah, yeah. Tonya's explaining that like, hey, this is a, a pasta that does a weird thing. Normally you don't put cheese on pasta that's got garlic on it, but this one does both. And Okias is like, hell yeah, give me some of that. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, minute. I see red pepper flakes in this, and I am a spice baby. (laughs) You cannot give red pepper flakes to me, the spice baby. There's also, like, a little bit here where Tony's explaining, like, what type of sauce is being used and, like, the history of the sauce, and it comes from Naples, which is where he's from. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, man, this is such a food tourism episode. Like, Iraqi just ate some good-ass Italian food at some point. It's like, fuck, I want to write about this. Okiyasu has, you know, the spaghetti wound around his fork, mm-hmm. and he's sticking his tongue out to just barely touch it, as if the spaghetti will bite back. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, he, he his tongue barely touches the spaghetti. He's like, holy fuck, it's so spicy! And he's got to start, like, <laughs> chugging the water. And, and Josuke's just like, if you can't handle spicy food, they just don't fucking eat it. You know, he's really, like, grumpy looking. He makes eye contact with Tonio, who also makes eye contact with, with, with Josuke. And he just gets, like, really pissed off for a second before his face morphs back into, like, that, that smile he does. Don't be such a killjoy. Let him eat the pasta that makes him shit himself inside out or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Just let him do it. 
Yeah, so Tonio just leaves, but as he's leaving, he says just like, you know, my, my spicy spaghetti is made for people who uh, can't even handle spicy stuff. Like, you'll love it. You should just try it. And so yeah, Okuyasu is like sweating. He's so worried about the spicy food. But Josuke's just like, don't you think there's something fucking really weird about this restaurant? It's really fucking weird. <laughs> You've basically died twice after eating the food. <laughs> That, that is the thing about this episode. Since stands mean anything can be a fight, therefore anything <laughs> can be made to look like a fight. Yeah. <laughs> you can eat so hard your body explodes. Why not? <laughs> and so Josuke uh, brings up the, the thing that was brought up like two or three episodes ago by uh, Hazamata, the, the short little kid with the, the puppet stand. It's mm-hmm. like, do you remember what he said? Like stand users are like bound together by by fate. You know, we will constantly encounter other stand users. So this guy has got to be one. Mm-hmm. There's no other reason why you would explode after eating spaghetti. <laughs> so, you know, this is really suspicious. So don't eat that spaghetti, Okuyasu. And he responds, but I can't stop licking this spaghetti. <laughs> And he keeps like going like, fuck, it's too spicy. I hate spicy food. But for some reason, I just can't stop licking the spaghetti. So, yeah, he just dives in. He starts eating the spaghetti. There are flowing strains of pasta with hyper-streaked backgrounds. Okiyasu is grunting like a maddened beast. (laughs) Yeah, he just can't stop eating the spaghetti. He's going insane eating the spaghetti. Until his teeth shoot out like bullets. Yeah, he he, he opens up his, his mouth and, like, one tooth is, like, starting to vibrate. And, yeah, just fires out like a bullet it's it lodges into the table like the root gets stuck into the table and hey it's one of my it's one of my teeth that's got a cavity and he's got more than one cavity so he like goes like oh fuck my my mouth ah and then his other <laughs> tooth that's got a cavity shoots at such high velocity that it gets lodged lodged into the ceiling above them <laughs> <laughs> and then Okuyasu starts screaming in pain more as like Josuke is just basically watching in horror uh, uh-huh. as you see a brand new tooth just start to emerge and push out of Okuyasu's gums. It's so gross. Oh, oh, it's very bad. It's very, very gross. But Josuke has the idea to like, okay, I got to figure out what, what's going on here. Let's get down to business. And he uses Crazy Diamond to punch the spaghetti. <laughs> And then repair the spaghetti into the constituent ingredients of spaghetti. Yeah. So something I want to bring up here. he punches it until it turns into like tomatoes and grain and this little stand uh, of Tonio's. But yes, please go ahead. So for for the anime and even other like merchandise and other JoJo stuff, every JoJo kind of has one iconic pose from some panel in the manga that gets used in all of the marketing. Like this is the Mm -hmm, pose mm -hmm. of Jotaro and stuff. And usually those poses are from a really climactic moment or iconic moment. The iconic pose for Josuke is not from any fight. It is from the panel where Crazy Diamond is getting ready to punch spaghetti. <laughs> that is the pose uh, that is used for Josuke and Crazy Diamond and like all the marketing. It's so funny. <laughs> like it looks like a serious fight, but no, he's just punching spaghetti. Uh, so, so yes, we've filtered out the, the stand in the spaghetti mm-hmm. uh, and they're little radish goblins. It's sort of a swarm stand of radish, tomato, garlic, 
fusions yeah. with little gremlin faces. Yeah, they got little arms, and when yeah. they when when they make eye can- contact with them, they just go like, Heh! and then they just fly away back into the kitchen. They got little awful teeth. Yeah, they're they're creepy little goblin guys. So part four, enemy stands love to violate the body, right? They they yep. want to get swallowed. They want to get into your scalp. They want to pop out of your chest. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, as Josuke is getting ready to follow the stands, Okuyasu just kind of collapses to the floor like fuck my stomach is killing me ah Mm -hmm. so josuke is just like okay just stay right there i'm gonna go into the kitchen and figure out what the fuck is going on here so he goes into the kitchen which is clearly evil because it's all desaturated and there's the shadow filter that's constantly moving over everything it's very very dimly lit in the kitchen it's lit like a horror movie in here antonio is uh uh making uh, the, the meat course, the the entree coming up next, and there's a little puppy. There's an adorable tiny. This puppy. is the it's, cutest puppy in all of JoJo. He's it's great. got like the it's uh, sort of medium brown, but it's got the light brown uh, uh, smudges for its eyebrows. Yeah. Oh my god, this little guy, and uh, uh, it explodes. <laughs> Yeah, Tonio it explodes t- and all of its guts come out. <laughs> yeah. I, I loved uh, your tweet from a few days ago when you were first watching this episode and he just took a screenshot of your notes that just says, Puppy, it exploded. Frowny <laughs> face. <laughs> yeah, Tonio is trying to, is feeding the little puppy the, the main entree to test it out before he gives it to Okuyasu. It's, it's lamb and applesauce. Or an apple relish uh, in the dub, which yeah, makes it seem relish. more fancy than applesauce. Yeah. Yeah, the puppy's eating it, and he just, he blows up. His guts shoot out of his mouth, and then ten seconds later, the rest of his guts explode out of his tummy. <laughs> yeah. In in the meantime, uh, Chef Tonio notices that Josuke is there and is exploding in rage at the violation of kitchen privacy as the puppy does explode more <laughs> in a much more literal sense. Oh man. So, so Tonio throws one of his knives at Josuke and it gets lodged in the, the molding right next to him. And it's just like stomping towards Josuke He's with a very like highly rendered, detailed, angry, like rageful expression on his face. And just like, did mm-hmm. you see? Did you see what I do here? <laughs> <laughs> did you see? And as Josuke is like, ah, oh, fuck, we're about to get into a stand fight for real. Uh, he notices that Okuyasu has made his way into the kitchen. Because he wants his goddamn lamb shank, he is, motherfucker. He is double fisting this. He's got a lamb in each hand, and he's just alternating between each each one with his cheeks just like bulging full of lamb. He's just like, it's so fucking good. Oh, my God. Oh, it's so good. Ah, and then his, his stomach explodes. I want uh, Okuyasu's voice actor to get an award just for the way he says pure ecstasy. <laughs> pure ecstasy. Yeah, it's so it's funny. It's so good. It's so funny. It, it, he's really good at selling that Okuyasu is basically going insane from how good the food is. But yeah, his, his stomach explodes. Uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. And Okuyasu like, in what? slow motion says, my intestines, <laughs> as his intestines fly out of his body. What if the dinner scene from Alien was like five diamond fine cuisine? <laughs> yeah. As Josuke is trying to run to Okuyasu to, to save him, blood is just gushing out of Okuyasu's uh, guts as Okuyasu screams, my stomach is dying. And then he starts profusely vomiting blood as well. <laughs> <laughs> as Josuke is trying to like save him, we see Tonio is, is sneaking up behind Josuke, uh, seemingly lifting a brick up into the air to crush Josuke's skull with. 
But then, it turns out this was a comedy episode all along. Here's the punchline. It's just soap. It's a big-ass bar of soap. He's just real angry at Josuke for for uh, uh, violating his sterile kitchen, coming in without washing his hands. Yeah. That, that's all that he's angry about. He's so serious about full foodborne illness. He's a nice, friendly guy. Never mind the, the dog in Okiyasu totally exploded and <laughs> there's blood everywhere. Or, or there would be, because Josuke, like who's completely dumbfounded now, just holding this big-ass bar of soap in both hands. He just turns around and looks at, at Okiyasu, and he's just like, man, I feel so good! And best of all, my diarrhea tummy's all better! <laughs> yeah. And uh, we, we see that the puppy is happy and healthy for once. For once. For once. Yeah, the, the puppy was tasting the this food because the puppy also had stomach issues, and so Tonio just wanted mm-hmm. to see if the, the dish would, would fix the tummy issues. Yeah, and if it was good, this this is a more unusual flavor uh, profile that, that he doesn't usually work with. Yeah. I don't know why the dog's opinion is so valuable. I've seen some things that dogs choose to eat. <laughs> Josuke is just, like, still, like, sweat on his face, just super dumbfounded. He's just like, you just wanted Okuyasu to eat good food? And Tony's <laughs> just like, what else would I fucking want? I'm a chef, dude. So yeah, it's, it's a very all's well that ends well ending. Uh, Josuke, for his penance, is, is set to cleaning. Yep. It's yet another, you know, filling out all the possible boxes. What if we had a stand fight where both sides didn't realize they weren't in one? Yeah, and what if the, sta- the, the enemy stand user of the week was actually just a nice guy and he wasn't trying to fight at all? <laughs> <laughs> Tonio doesn't know what stands are. He just knows he has a power to make good food. Mm-hmm. That heals people. So both Josuke and Okiyasu show off their stands like, this is what a stand is. And he's just like, oh my god, I didn't know other people had these. So Tonio isn't even a guy that got struck by the bow and arrow. He's just a dude who had a stand naturally and realized he had one while he was like touring mm-hmm. the world uh, and, and experiencing fine cuisine everywhere. So of course, stand magnetism in his travels eventually brought him to Morio, the stand capital of the world. <laughs> yeah. And also, the name of Tonio's stand is Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam, or Pole Jam. Pole Jam. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Very, very bad. So when this was initially published, uh, only Pearl Jam's debut album would have been out to be used as a namesake. They were very new. But then again, that's all of their most famous songs are on that one. Yep. Alive, Jeremy, Even Flow. If you know a few Pearl Jam songs, they're all on the first album. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're, we're still not done. There, there's a bit of a, a button on the end uh, of this one, because while Josuke is cleaning, Okiyasu still has the dessert course to go, and it starts with him being too manly to eat flanly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But but he eventually has some of that sweet, sweet custard, and it cures his athlete's foot. Yay. And I'm glad we don't see what that looks oh, like. Oh, God. That must have been a nightmare, yeah. All of his to- toenails will fall out or something, too. Like, God. <laughs> Josuke, he's, he's annoyed because he's he's got to clean up the kitchen now. And uh, Tonio just kind of, like, bows at the camera as the, the camera pulls out of the, the restaurant and the door closes. But meanwhile, Ooh. in a different part of the city, Jotaro sits down at a park bench and uh, right behind him on the opposite park bench because... This is a place with 360-degree views. You gotta look at everything in this park. Uh, there, There is a behatted Speedwagon secret agent. Who's voiced by the narrator. It's the same guy. He, he's on his smoke break from, uh, from the radio station. <laughs> yeah. 
This guy gets around. So uh, they're having this uh, clandestine meeting out in public because being near phone or power lines, they're, they're too dangerous with chili pepper on the loose. But this this message must get through. Grandpa's coming to town, baby. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, Joseph Joestar is coming to town. He, he's he got a, a message to deliver personally. Coming tomorrow. Tomorrow yeah. at noon. Yeah, he's coming on, on a boat. And the, the end of this episode is just... Uh, like a really high up aerial shot of this boat and it goes down and we only see Joseph from behind and he looks a lot older like he's got, he's wearing a hat he's got a coat on can't really see him too much but he's much smaller he's hunched over he's got a cane mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and yeah that that is the cliffhanger for episode 10 Joseph Joestar is coming back baby that brings us to episode 11 Red Hot Chili Pepper part 1 which begins with Josuke begging his mom for five more minutes of <laughs> Nintendo 64 because he is playing Gradius. Yeah, he's, it's straight up just Gradius. It has the exact same UI. Clearly the power-ups work the same way. But it, he must be early on because nothing is like a biological horror nightmare. Yeah, he's it's, just it's shooting. All spaceships. Yeah, it's like literally the boss of that first level or whatever. And she kicks him until he loses. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a really funny scene of his mom just like, fuck, stop playing video games, stop playing video games, stop playing video games, quit it. And Josuke is just, they're both talking at the same time, like just overlapping each other. Josuke is just like, I really got to fucking beat the level, mom. I would also be be uh, pretty focused considering Gradius 4 was in development for the N- Nintendo 64, but was canceled and never released. Oh, man. So that's why he's so invested. This is a, a rare, rare piece of software. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, his, his mom kicks him hard enough so that he, he loses and he, he just turns the N64 off. You know, he's getting ready to leave, but the TV turns on. And it is this romance yeah. where a man and a woman are, are saying very serious things under a street lamp until the man starts talking about Jotaro. And like, what if that was a script, though? What if it was just a wild coincidence? <laughs> the dialogue of the, the movie is, yeah, bringing up Jotaro and stuff. And Josuke notices in the background of the scene, Red Hot Chili Pepper is just hanging out. He's in the movie. <laughs> Ah, ah. and yeah so uh chili pepper just shoots out of the tv screen like immediately ready to fuck josuke up see this is why your mom wants to limit your screen time she is looking out for you so yeah red hot chili pepper uh is in josuke's house and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. has revealed that he's basically been keeping tabs on everybody through tvs and other stuff he mentions every stand user not just uh, uh jojo and his pals but also yukiko and hazamata like everybody yeah. Not Tonio, I guess. He doesn't think <laughs> the chef is a threat. Yeah. What are you going to do? Make me eat great food? <laughs> but yeah, he's been keeping tabs on everybody. Essentially, Red Chili Pepper has come here to kill Josuke right here and now. Well, what he really wants to do is get rid of Jotaro. Yeah. And so he wants to face off against Crazy Diamond first as a, a Star Platinum scrimmage match. because. Yeah. They they are they're pretty evenly matched in the punch business. He's just super terrified of the time stopping. So <laughs> yeah. he's got to figure out how to beat up someone who is like crazy, uh, who who is a uh, star platinum's physical match, and then think of a way to to get around uh, his special power. Yeah. So yeah, he's just asking Josuke like, just "Fucking punch me! Give me your best shot!" And so he gets decked in the face super fast, and Red Chili Pepper's just like, "Uh oh." <laughs> Yeah, careful what you wish for, bird boy, because he gets rocked. <laughs> yeah, he gets he gets the the thousand punches 
all at once and yeah it gets gets fucked up but but then you gotta remember chili pepper is electric fast yeah he uh ducks and dives and then comes in for a hit that just knocks josuke across the room his uh, uh ankle gets tangled in the cords and unplugs his n64 Yep. Uh, Josuke's mom hears all the ruckus and she's about to come in. All Basically, all the furniture in the room has been annihilated <laughs> from this very short fight. Chili Pepper has decided that, you know, he needs to wait a little bit longer. He needs to get a little bit more strong before he can actually fight Jotaro. So he just leaves through an electrical outlet. And Josuke has just enough time to, to use stand magic to put everything back in its proper place before <laughs> mom opens the door. Yeah. And, and so when she comes in, Josuke's just like, nothing happened. You're just hearing shit. I don't know. Uh, so it's time for uh, a meeting with the, the whole main cast. A stand summit out yeah. in the countryside. They're going to have a team building exercise. They're going to do trust falls out in the woods. Yeah, so they're they're out in like a big field where there's no elect- you know, power lines or other sources of electricity. Yeah, Jotaro has summoned them all there. He's the last to arrive, though. So yeah, Koichi came on his bike. Okiasu apparently has a motorcycle. A Damn. Really, a fucking sweet motorcycle, too. Right? Like, this is a, this is, this is, looks like something he just leased. Like today, Jojo just like walks up and then they're <laughs> yeah. like, hey, why'd you call us here? And he's like, I didn't. He did because Jotaro walks up behind. Yeah, I, I keep thinking that Okuyasu like got that motorcycle just to show up in style for this meeting. Like he didn't have that <laughs> before today. It is the initial appearance of the motorcycle after all. Yeah. So yeah, Jotaro has summoned everyone to talk about Chili Pepper. And when Chili Pepper is brought up, this makes Okuyasu really pissed off. Deadly serious. He is growling whenever someone mentions that stand's he, name. He's snapping twigs off of trees and bushes. He's real upset when he hears hears any mention of Chili Pepper. So, so yeah, they, they talk about what uh, Josuke just learned, you know, the, the uh, surveillance uh, <laughs> strategy. Uh, Koichi blames him for, for homework that went missing. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, teacher, my friend's brother's murderer ate my homework. Uh, I don't think that's going to fly. Yeah. So, yeah, they're trying to come up with a plan on, like, what to do about Chili Pepper here. And it turns out there's already a plan in the works. Uh, Yeah. uh, Jotaro uh, delivers the message that he really called them for that was so secret they, they had to be far away from any listening ears coming out of power lines or whatever. There is a special stand user being come in who, who can find uh, uh, people who don't want to be found with his uh, uh, particular stand called Hermit Purple. Mm-hmm. Jotaro's, it's almost like 20 questions here in this scene yeah. because Jotaro keeps giving more and more specific details about who this user mm-hmm. is. That he's super old, even though he used to be pretty studly. Yeah, and, and everyone's like who could this guy be how old is he and then uh jodoro gives a fucking medical history like age really caught up with him over the last 10 years yeah cataracts gallbladder surgery dementia yep he wears full dentures he's mad that he can't eat t-bone steaks now (laughs) that yeah that sounds like my joseph yep 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 (laughs) Yeah, they're they're still not quite putting it to together until Koichi figures it out because the final clue that that puts it together for him is uh when they reveal that you know he's coming in by ship cuz he's from overseas and mm-hmm. Koichi's like wait a minute a foreigner and a stand user who's 79 years old <gasps> Josuke <laughs> do you know what this means <laughs> Yeah, and right before they're about to like say Joseph's name, oops, 
Chili Pepper heard all of this because he is hiding in the battery of the motorcycle. He he jumps out before getting like an actual given name. He could have waited just a second, but he was so excited to learn that, yes, he's coming in on a boat to the harbor tomorrow noon, which means that this is happening the same day as the previous episode. Check it, rechecking the subtitles here, and uh, I think that it is the day after. Okay, so he's coming at noon to today. Today, today yeah. Okay. Yeah, Chili Pepper is like, hey, I'm going to like just go to the harbor and wait there and just kill Joseph. Uh, and, you know, because he's hiding in the motorcycle battery, when he materializes, he's also just riding the motorcycle. And so he just fucking speeds off with it. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty great. Our, our mid title card here is another Morio landmark, the Morio Grand Hotel. Mm hmm. And so as Red Hot Chili Pepper is speeding off this bike, you know, they're just in a big old field. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're not going to be able to catch up with him. How fast is Koichi's sweet new bike? Come on. Right, right. (laughs) You know, because Okuyasu's got like history with with Chili Pepper here. Uh, He's decided he's the one who's going to take him down. And he does the coolest shit. He demands the ball and then leaps into the air and uses uh, uh, the hand's, you know, ability to, to cut holes in, in uh, a void in space to teleport. And we've seen him pull things toward him, but now he's just essentially leaping from yeah. their, their little meeting point what, what he is, to the back of the, the bike. What he is doing looks like a really incredible traversal mechanic for a video game, basically. Yes, yes. Because he's not air dashing but it's almost that because like he can't teleport super far so like he jumps into the air and swipes and he shoots forward really fast a couple of feet and so he just keeps swiping at the air until he tell he drags himself onto the bike it looks so cool it's so fucking cool it's so cool so he's essentially like standing on the the rear of the bike that uh chili pepper is on and gives him another swipe and chili pepper is like ah ha 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 your big, like, unbeatable attack only moves at the speed of a human boy's arm. (laughs) I am electric fast. You will never swipe me. Yeah. Okuyasu, being actually pretty fucking smart, wasn't swiping for him. He just uh, swiped at the motorcycle to cut the whole front wheel off. It's the JoJo move. It's always that no one ever misses. Yeah. (laughs) Misses come rather rarely, let's say. Yeah. So this causes the the motorcycle to spin out of control and crash. They're out in a a big open field with no other sources of electricity. Chili Pepper, Red Hot Chili Pepper, is basically stuck in a very short uh, range of movement because he's tethered to the motorcycle, which can't move anymore. I mean, he's even uh, uh, depicted as trapped beneath the frame of the bicycle. There's no reason he has to be. He just kind of is because it's cool. Yeah. And so the two of them like lock eyes as, as Okiasu looms over Chili Pepper as they're clearly like measuring their their next steps you know what what is the next exchange going to look like yeah and as this is happening like everyone else the rest of the main gang is like really far behind now because you know (laughs) they can't fucking air dash or whatever so they're kind (laughs) of just like trying to run and catch up but it's going to take a while so okiyasu gives a soulful speech about the wages of sin that (laughs) uh Yes, he mourns his brother, but he knew that death would be coming sometime soon. Uh, uh, but that that doesn't make the the weight of it uh, any less heavy. And uh, oh, he's got he's going to tear this stand the, the fuck apart. This is like the first really big like Okuyasu bit since we met him, but it's a good mm-hmm, bit. Mm-hmm. So he tells Red Hot Chili Pepper, "Hey, tell me your real name and where you live, and if you do, 
I'll spare your life. I won't kill the shit out of you. Mm-hmm. And Chili Peppers is like, wow, damn, I thought you just really wanted to kill the shit out of me. And Okiyasu is just saying, hey, actually, I really hope you don't answer so I have an excuse to kill you. <laughs> 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 like, Okiyasu is being really calm and collected up until his point where he shows how angry he actually is right now. So uh, Chili Pepper uh, does you know, just sort of psych him out enough to zap in, land a hit, but Okiyasu is a tough boy. He can take that hit and and counterattacks, stomping Chili Pepper's face into the ground repeatedly. <laughs> yeah, he's just like st- stomping his face into a crater. And this is when we see, now that Chili Pepper has been separated from, you know, the, the battery, yeah. he doesn't just move through electricity, he's powered by it, because uh, uh, the more time he spends away from the motorcycle like his color is fading to this rusty brown and following the that beating he's just spurting out blood every couple seconds (laughs) yeah he's getting like slower and slower like every second with with the Mm -hmm, having mm -hmm. less electricity on him red hot chili pepper is like in a real bad spot he's basically on the ground defeated like breathing heavily and jotaro and the gang as they're still running towards okiyasu they're like hey don't fucking go in and kill him. Just leave him right there. We're coming. We got to get information from this guy. We got to ask him about the arrow. We got the arrow is the, the eyes on the prize, buddy. You know, stay cool right now. No, you're pissed off. And so Chili Pepper asks a simple question. How do you know I'm not faking? <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't it be better to kill me before I can kill uh, uh, Jotaro with, while his guard's down? Mm-hmm. Okiyasu becomes a robot crashed by a logic paradox while trying to untangle this bluff. Yeah. He does not know how many levels of Iacane powder are, are, being, <laughs> <laughs> are being laid out before him, and he cannot figure it out. Yeah. This is Ch- Chili Pepper's, like, gambit he's doing here, and it's super successful. Getting in Okiyasu's head is, like, the number one thing you can do to beat him, mm-hmm. especially when it's something like this. W- when he makes his decision, he even cries out, I'm sick of thinking of this. Yeah. No no more thinking. Don't like it. Uh. Yeah. And so he just goes in for the killing blow. He he swipes at Chili Pepper and just cuts him clean in half mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. across the stomach. And this was a bad move on his part because like during the fight earlier, there is a part where Chili Pepper was just on the ground, basically just rolling away from all of the hand swipes. And every time a swipe would miss, it would dig a big, like, ditch into the ground. And so there's several of these, like, leaning up to Chili Pepper. Yeah, it was cool as hell. It was really cool. And so the gang sees Chili Pepper get, you know, cleaved in half. And they're just like, ah, fucking hell. This sucks. Damn it, Okiyasu. (laughs) And it's revealed, though, that that swipe... That final one, the last one. There, there wasn't just dirt beneath that uh, patch of grass. That's one of the underground power cables for, for the town's grid. And yep. so now there, there's a, a highway home for, for Chili Pepper to just zap into. His power grows with the amount of electricity he's exposed to. So he reveals that, like, you know, mm-hmm, hey, mm-hmm. I only had like 12 volts to work with from the bike battery. Now I'm like hooked up to the fucking town's electrical grid. So he's super strong. He's super fast. He doesn't run away. He wants to flex in front of Okiyasu and just tears him apart. Literally. Yeah, there's a little bit here where, you know, the hand is charging at him and Chili Pepper raises just his pinky finger, which has a super sharp claw on it. And he does one of those anime style, you know, you, you, you both come at each other and slash at each other. But ooh, who got hurt? Uh, and there's a, a short pause between Okuyasu's arm shoots off his body. <laughs> 
Somehow his sleeve is still intact. His sleeve's good. Talented little uh, move Chili Pepper's got. Uh, so yeah, Okuyasu's all fucked up now. His arm's been chopped off. Uh, he's getting grabbed by Chili Pepper. And before he pulls Okuyasu into the uh, electrical grid with him, he's just like, oh, hey, that guy I'm going to kill. That's Joseph Joestar, right? Okay, see ya. Gonna murder the shit out of him. See you at noon. Yeah. <laughs> it's a date. Bye. And he pulls Okuyasu into the the electrical cables along with him so he's been kidnapped just like his big brother and we know how this ends yep so the rest of the group finally reaches finally reaches you know the site of this confrontation and koichi is freaking out you know one of their compatriots has just died uh uh, who knows where they're gonna find the the smoking crater of a body but it's fucked up and meanwhile the the past and present jojo are just like Okay, noon. We should set up like a perimeter. Uh, they're <laughs> yeah. down to business and they do not care. It's all about Joseph's landing. Yeah. And Koichi's like, what the fuck is wrong with you guys? Okuyasu just fucking died. And they're both like... Oh, yeah. You're right. <laughs> yeah. They know the solution to this already, so they're not worried about it at all. Josuke just walks over and he's like, man, it's a really good thing Okuyasu got his arm cut off. That's actually the best possible outcome to this fight. And he uses Crazy Diamond and he just touches Okuyasu's severed arm, which causes, mm-hmm. you know, Okuyasu to return to his arm. <laughs> The electrical, the, the electrified body riding the wires gets zapped out of Chili Pepper's arms, out of the cable, and then just like bzoom, back onto his arm. Yeah, and he's fine. <laughs> he's not kidnapped anymore. I was kind of expecting the arm to instead go toward the body, mm. and then they'd like follow it through the streets <laughs> to wherever <laughs> right. Chili Pepper HQ is. But yeah, oh well. It, there is a very funny reaction, though, of, like, after Okuyasu gets zapped back out of the, the power lines, you see Red Hot Chili Pepper in, like, the the void of electricity, mm-hmm. just going, like, what the fuck? Because he had his arms out in front of him holding Okuyasu, and he's just, like, gone now. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, so, <laughs> so back in the, the grassy field... Uh, Koichi is checking on Okuyasu, seeing if he's, you know, okay, not just physically, but like, hey, you faced down your, your brother's murderer, and he kind of picked you apart and uh, preyed on some of your, your worst aspects. How's yeah. that? Are you okay, bud? <laughs> yeah. And again, Josuke does not care. Jotaro, oblivious, doesn't even know who this kid is. <laughs> yeah. They're just both already walking towards the, the harbor. And Koichi's just like shouting down at them, can't we just talk about our feelings for a second, please? Yeah, yeah. And we we cut over to uh, the ship coming into port uh, with Joseph Joestar in it. Mm-hmm. And we've got uh, uh, some Speedwagon guys on there. And he's, you know, just... Well, according to his hat, he's from Pied Aegon. Yeah, Pied Aegon. <laughs> That's, that's when Samus has to take a, a pit stop in uh, Metroid Prime 2. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, the Pete Aegon agent is telling uh, Joseph, like, hey, we'll be at Morio, you know, just any minute now. And the episode ends with another uh, behind mm-hmm. uh, the back shot of Joseph, who... Uh, you know, this pile of blankets topped with a hat then has a bad cough. Yeah. The end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the end of episode 11. So what did you think of these three? Leaving the chili pepper episode off in the middle kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth because mm. I'm with Koichi here. I think Josuke is acting really out of character mm. to, to, 
not being worried about, you know, his friend's physical integrity is part of the Josuke weirdness that, that is endearing and, and very much in character, but not caring about his emotional well-being is very unlike uh, Josuke, the, the most compassionate of the Jojos. Yeah. I don't like this. I don't like, I mean, and maybe part two does something to soften that blow or to recontextualize it. Like mm-hmm. maybe he, you know, his calm breaks and he's like, I'm thinking about my dad. I'm dealing with my own shit right now. And I trust <laughs> yeah. you to deal with Okiyasu. Yeah. That, that could be the case, but without seeing it, I'm just left in this awkward point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's been so long since I've seen part two. I can't remember if if there if there is something there with Josuke or not, mm-hmm. or if that really was just like a a really weird out of character moment. There is so so much I love about uh, uh, let's go eat some Italian food. <laughs> Again, just thinking you're a, you're in a stand fight when you're not is so clever and interesting, and yeah. there, there, there's a lot of fun to be had with it. Uh, obviously, but once. You know, it gets in your mind like the the people just literally shitting their guts out <laughs> from uh, uh, like cabbage juice and thinking, oh, that means the toxins are gone. Like <laughs> you can't shake that thought. That's what yeah. that episode literally is. And it's, oh, yeah, I can't like it so much now. It's too real. <laughs> Eventually, there's going to be some stand that's just goop, right? Vitamin C is going to put my cancer in remission. No, it's not. You're hurting yourself. Stop it. <laughs> oh, God. It's hard not to really enjoy Let's Go Eat Some Italian Food. It's it's one of the best parts of episodes of part four. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tonio is fun. Tonio is a lot of fun. <laughs> to- he's not like a major character or anything, but like you'll see more of Tonio eventually. Imagine if uh, Crazy Diamond didn't have the ability it did. And so anytime these dudes get beat to shit, they have yes! to go buy an Italian meal oh and my deal God. with Tonio. And Tonio's totally oblivious. He does not know why he keeps attaching people's arms back on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> that would be really funny. Or if even if it's just like a part where Josuke is out of commission for a bit, so they need a different healer. <laughs> <laughs> Tonio going out in the field on missions. Yeah. He, he's just like making things out, out of like tree bark and, and leaves. I want to know if Tonio's stand powers only work on freshly cooked meals or if you can reheat leftovers. He would never deign to find out. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Disgusting. Yeah. I know Tonio himself would never be like... You know, you eat that whole fucking thing right here. You enjoy it in the the fucking restaurant. Please stop bleeding on my tablecloths. <laughs> yeah, he's really got to switch to red tablecloths. <laughs> or I guess if you just get enough people bleeding on your tablecloths, they'll just be red and there you go. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Even though his stand are just like a bunch of little like little guys, I like that they still look really evil. Yes. <laughs> with yeah. with the, the little like almost like lamprey lamprey mouths, like just like a ring of fangs. And again, very smart move from the, the localizers to know that like the official English name is Pole Jam. Let's not use the name ever for anything that's dumb and bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also I, I, I like the, the second part of the Yukako two Parker. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's just fun seeing koichi do stuff i don't know yeah i mean koichi grows a lot in all his two fights mm-hmm. and again that is presented in his stand metamorphosizing yeah I, yeah i guess this also introduces a new type of stand the type that evolves like a digimon oh man his next form is just gonna have gatling guns yeah it's gonna be it's just gonna be a normal human guy <laughs> with torn jeans and a rocket launcher yeah, torn <laughs> jeans and like some bdsm gear 
and yeah, <laughs> guns for for arms. <laughs> Wearing like a blindfold or something, probably. I love Digimon designs. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> I love that Digimon start out as Pokemon and then just turn into like alternative club goers. But dogs and lizards. <laughs> <laughs> but dogs and lizards. But also sometimes just a hot lady. You know, I don't uh-huh, know. Uh-huh. <laughs> But yeah, with the chili pepper fight starting, we're actually kind of getting fairly close, if I remember correctly, to the kind of like the end of the first arc of the the show. Which means in two weeks time, we are going to have uh, one of our guest discussion episodes. Mm -hmm. And speaking of the future, in order to uh, avoid another like another episode like this one Mm -hmm. or the last one where we're like oh man i can't wait for where it's gonna go going next and then not immediately do what (laughs) happens next yeah Uh, next week is only going to be two episodes uh episodes 12 and 13 well we'll be coming back with chili pepper part two and also we picked up something crazy Come on, you ca- you can't call things this. You cannot <laughs> s- use names like this. This is this is JoJo episodes slowly turning into uh, the names of manga titles. Let's go eat some Italian food. Doctors hate him. <laughs> yeah, we picked up something crazy invented by a housewife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the the weirdest thing about Morio is that it's the the home to every insane homeopathy or MLM MLM scam. <laughs> I mean, we've already got, like, one con artist with a stand that's useful for for conning people. We gotta have, like, someone who is, like, even more than Tonio is just some crazy-ass homeopathy thing. Yukiko Yamagishi falls in love in another world. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. When when do we get the stand that that just isekais people? (laughs) Look, Avdol is having wonderful adventures on the other (laughs) side of the void. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's in uh, a very generic JRPG-inspired world right now. Mm-hmm. With magic arms. With magic arms. Friends with many different cat girls. It's great. He built a mansion out of chunks of uh, uh, Dio's mansion that Vanilla Ice <laughs> kept sending into the void during that fight. Uh, yep. Maybe he's studying the books to figure out how to get uh, to back to his original dimension. Yes. There you go. That's what Jojo Part Nine is going to be. Everything that is sent to avoid from all these various stands oh, coming man. back into the real world. Yeah, Jojo Lands, I think, is what it's called. That that that's the Jojo Land. That's the Jojo Land. It's it's where the <laughs> void sends you. <laughs> oh man, I would honestly love if there is a Part Nine or whatever thing that did eventually just go like, you know what, Avdol's back. <laughs> clawed his way out of that fucking dimension he actually didn't die and there's a whole lot of just garbage that uh the hand has sent there too yeah yeah that would be cool as hell oh the the world started really small but the more that uh the hand like swipes just empty space the bigger the world gets on the other side yeah oh man (laughs) oh this reminds me uh so yeah there is along with part nine being made uh a different author who is uh working on a the first official jojo spinoff manga which focuses on josuke and whole horse hmm i have no idea how hmm. that's gonna play out yeah what's what's that relationship gonna be i can't i because like I have no idea whole, i guess it all depends on the first uh, uh, impression I yeah because like whole horse never shows up in part four <laughs> So he'd be 11 years older. Yeah. Or I mean, who knows how soon after part four, he could be 40 years older. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm I'm very interested to see what that's going to be like because that sounds weird. That, that that is one of the weirdest part three characters to bring over to Josuke. I feel well, there weren't a lot of survivors. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess at this point, it could only be Boingo, right? Pickings were thin, and that would have been cool as shit. I I am always down for more Boingo, honestly. Adult Boingo being oh, a weirdo man. around Josuke also being a weirdo. Yeah, Hell yes, I want that. Yeah. Be- because Boingo has also already hung out with Whole Horse once, maybe he will come back in that manga. I don't know. I- I'm holding out hope. But yeah, with that <laughs> fucking game theory of JoJo, mm-hmm. I-, I-, I guess we'll uh, see you next week. See you then, everybody. To be continued. Later. Later.